This is the Phoenix Gate Podcast, and it has been for every week for a while. Over almost a year, actually. Is it almost we're, a year? We're almost at a year. We're almost at a year. All we're, right. al- we're almost at a year since I started this crazy venture, and um, I could actually go back and we could do a year thing, but what we're doing this week, this month, this actually, month, yeah. is very, very, very important because it is Mental Health Awareness Month. And if there's nobody aware of what it's like to be crazy, it's the Phoenix Gate Podcast. Pretty much. So, yep, every episode this month, in the month of May, we're going to be tackling a different mental disorder, talking about it. If you're listening in, feel free to, you know... Of course. Give your two cents and let us know what you're thinking, how you feel about it. If you're so inclined, you can even share your stories with us while we're on the air. We'll be more than happy to talk to you about it. Love it. Now, I know you all were waiting so long on Wednesday... For what you needed, what you wanted, what you had to have. <laughs> and that's this week's epic beer snobbery. Always the best. Yep. And if you checked our Instagram, our Facebook, or our Twitter, you would now know that this week I will be reviewing Maynard Weiss from the Night Shift Brewing Company in Everett, Mass. I'm going to try to bring that in a little closer so you can at least see the can. Whoop, there we go. Now, Maynard Weiss is... They just completely got rid of the alcohol by volume. Well, okay. that's not good. Well, it's it's a wild ale, so it's probably going to be in the 8 or 9% range from okay. my experiences. But it is a mixed fermentation sour ale aged with blueberries and cinnamon. Ooh, fancy! Now, yes, yes, this was found at a local beer store here in Long Island. Oh, hi, Amanda. Hey, hey, there you are. So... Yeah, I picked up this and a couple other beers that I will be reviewing on the air this month. It's quite the opposite of dark beers. I tried to find some lighter beers, even if they're a little heavier on the alcohol content. Just all those, you know, we had dark beers matter. Now it's spring. For the nicer weather, we need something a little bit lighter. Pale ales and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, without further ado-do... Here's that sound! Give me the sound. Yeah, buddy. So, um, while he's tasting the beer of Epic Beer Snobbery this month, you will notice that we have the big glute out, and then we have the podcast cats behind us, and you'll also notice that it looks like I'm looking up the whole time. I'm not. Um, we had a little bit of technical difficulty with my computer, and my screen decided to, uh, die. So, I'm literally hooked up with you guys on my TV screen. So, when I look up, I'm looking at you. I'm just not looking at you. Get me? Mm-hmm. So, tell me, Josh, how's your beer? 
Go away, butter. Well, I mean, it definitely has that, like, tart aftertaste that you were expecting from, like, a wild ale or a sour ale. Yes. And you get some notes of the, the blueberry, like, right on the palate. Ooh. And then there's that little the little bit of hint of cinnamon on the end. It's actually quite enjoyable. And for, I mean, if you can deal with things being a little tart, I would actually say this is one you got you got to get out there and find and see how good it is. Because I, I like it. Now, if you need a second opinion, do you dare? I dare, I dare. Because, I mean, honestly, today, I'm being, I'm being uh, bougie, kind of. Bougie. Elizabeth... She's back, bitches? Is that it? I know who that is. I do too! Hi! <laughs> Welcome back from the land of the rising sun. Mmm. Okay, I see the cinnamon on the end. It's got that little... It's got a tang. It's yeah, got that's... a definite tang to it. Yes. Now, I, I like now the for, tang. For, for, for beer snobbery education... A sour ale is usually brewed with a certain yeast called Brettamyces, and that's what gives it that tang to it. Hi, the guys. I got booze for you. Woo! We like yes. booze! Yes, because our good friend Eli came back from the land of Rising Sun. We missed For you. booze for us. Maybe one episode or two episodes this week. It'll be epic foreign liquor snobbery. I like the foreign liquor. Oh. <laughs> I do. I do. I do. I definitely, definitely do. Um, she definitely likes the foreign liquor. Shut up. <laughs> That's what she said. Yep. But yeah, so I like I said, I'm being bougie. This is um, Jack Daniels Special Edition Number Two mm-hmm. and Pepsi. And I don't even drink Pepsi, but I needed a chaser today because we're going to be talking a topic. Pepsi. We're going to be talking a topic that may trigger a few of you. So, guys, this is your trigger warning. We are talking mental illnesses this month. Every single episode of the Phoenix Gate, and you get five of them this month because May is awesome, uh, will be about a different mental illness. As we said in the beginning, we are talking about post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. This is what's going down. If you suffer from this disorder, you know someone that suffers from this disorder, tune in. You may help them. You may help yourself, and you just might learn something about the enemy within. Yes. That's why we called this series of episodes for the month of May, The Enemy Within. Part one. Part one. Part two, part three, part four, part five. Yes. We're going to so, be yes. a stinkoer. And, and and happy Revenge of the Fifth. Yes, Revenge of the Fifth. It's Revenge of the Fifth today. We're not going to jump right into PTSD right away because, I mean, we have There's to... a couple things we got to talk I about mean, first, but we will get there, I promise. I mean... Yeah. Can we talk Endgame now? Yes, or can we I, talk Game of Thrones? I think we can talk both. Now, so you've seen it? I saw it opening day. I saw it uh, Saturday, Saturday morning ish. Yeah. No, it was well. Technically, it was Friday night, Saturday morning. Okay. And then I went straight to White Plains Comic Con, which guys, you need to give a shout out to the second round's New York City edition. Thank you for inviting the Phoenix Gate podcast to White Plains. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. Check out the second rounds on Podbean and Instagram and Facebook, and you will find uh, the episode where me and Sin City from the second rounds New York City edition interview a couple of really amazing comic book artists. Cool. Yeah. So you guys should really check that out. It's a special edition. Uh, I will be posting that to our Podbean page, so um, definitely 
go check that out. Go check out my boys. Go give them love. Basically, just, you know, cheers and, you know, because we're all in. All in. Hell cheers. yeah. Cheers to that. Woo! Now, back to Endgame. Yes, back to Endgame. Sorry. Tangent, tangent. I, I personally really liked it. I've heard conflicting reports about how people reacted to Endgame. I liked it. I'll be the first one to admit I half ugly cried when all the little portals started opening up and here's swing Spider-Man going, Hey, Mr. Stark, I was like, Spider-Man, I missed you! I admit nothing. Which means she did too. And it's just, I, it, it, knowing that that's the last time, you know, Stan uh... Lee is going to be seen or the last time that... You know, this is the end of this story arc in Marvel Comics movie history. I I, I gotta say, I liked it. Um, they could have paid a little more attention to or kept the transition of Cliff Clint Barton going from Hawkeye to Ronin. Because I personally <laughs> like him more as Ronin than Hawkeye. Maybe it's because of the oh oh mask. okay okay. So Eli is asking no Game of Thrones spoilers because she hasn't seen it yet. Okay. And she says it's the same stuff that she got for you last year. Okay, good. And she's also saying that Endgame was disappointing, but she loves the pictures on my wall. Yes. Yay! Those are all pictures of past Jade Comic-Cons. Phoenix from past conventions. Some of them actually have me in them, too. Some uh, of them don't. Um, yes. One, two, three, four, five on this wall. One on... So, yeah. six altogether? Six altogether. Six altogether. That you're in them, and that's not counting the ones that you have. Nope. Well, the, the one other one I have. Well, you know what I mean. That doesn't, you know, that's different from these. Me, 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 me. And that would be when we met Asuka at Wintercon. Yes. Yes. I have the Bray Wyatt Sorry. one, he got to keep the Asuka one. Sorry, I just had to, I had to stick that one in for Eli. Stick. Kiggity. But, yep. <laughs> like, I liked, like I said, I liked Endgame. I thought the storyline was, honestly... It was, was it the different? completion that you needed of the ten years that we've been going and watching these Marvel movies? Was it the? Um, it, was it, it the? It gave, it gave closure, maybe not in the way I would have liked. Okay. I I'm still. I'll be the first one to admit I'm still kind of scratching my head. She said, "Hey, I went to Japan." Okay. <laughs> no, that's why I'm mad. Yeah. Okay. So she's mad because it didn't end the way. We expect it, because, yeah, I mean, Steve Rogers goes back to return all the Infinity Stones to their proper place in time. However, why does he come back old? Does the Soldier Serum not work? So Uh, then he decided he was just going to have the... But was the Super Soldier Serum actually the, the reason why he stayed young for all those years, or was it because he was on ice for, like, 70 years? We don't know. Yeah, but also... Even in the comic books, they didn't explain it fully. Well, and and then, then eventually he gives up the shield anyway. Yeah, but if we're going by comic book Ken, he doesn't give it to Sam Wilson. He yeah. actually gives it to Bucky. He gives it to Winter Soldier. Right. And then Winter Soldier gets tired of it and gives it to Falcon. Right, but we also can't exactly go canon because they didn't exactly keep it canon with Thanos himself. No, so. they, they, they really didn't. Butter! Get out of here! Cage! My dog. Every single time. Every single time. She just does not listen anymore. She really just doesn't Googles. fucking listen anymore. But yep, yeah, that was that that's my opinion on Endgame. It didn't end the way I would have liked it, but it gave me with a sense of closure. Oh my god. Really? Mm. Hi Googles. And here's the Googles. The, the other Googles. official The other official dog of the Phoenix Gate podcast. Alright, damn Googles. You know, it's like impossible to ever just get a single 
you know, podcast done. Podcast done. It's just without not. Inst- without interruption from the big galoot. Right. But yeah, okay, so we were asked no Game of Thrones Steve spoilers. Rogers' ending was fine. She accepts that. But Tony Stark dying should not have happened. I agree. Tony Stark should not have died. That was. Oh, yay! Your friend found us again! Yay! Hey, Mercedes. Hi! Now, yeah, I agree. Tony Stark shouldn't have died, but they wanted to sort of flip back the whole from Infinity War, where Spider Man was dusting away, and he was like, Mr. Go. Stark, I don't feel so Go. good. So they just wanted to reverse the roles and tug at our heartstrings a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, and also they needed to get, like, Robert Downey Jr. Jr. Robert Downey Jr. didn't want to do it anymore. No. But I will admit I liked in the closing that the Avengers all... Assembled! When they assembled, but in the end credits they all showed with their... Autographs, like it showed the the actress autograph. Yeah, I like name. that too. And I, you know, there's so many theories going on saying that Gamora, the present day Gamora, and the um, scar and the Black, Black Widow. Widow. Thank you. The Black Widow are still alive within the Soul Stone. And I mean, honestly, with Disney streaming service coming out in November and the all the stories and the shows that they have lined up. Yeah, well, I mean, Gamora's still going to be around because they're planning Guardians Three. Right, and then the other thing is also. Not only are they planning Guardians 3, but they also brought back the 2014 Gamora. And that's who they were searching for when, you know, at the end. But whatever. If you guys haven't seen Endgame by now, I've seen it twice now. And I will be seeing it at least two more times because I gotta go with Mom. I gotta go with Mama Jade. Yeah. And another friend of mine asked to go. And, you know, I, I'm prob- I'm gonna go again. And again. There we go. And again. Yep. So, since we were asked to not... Talk about Game of Thrones, we're not going to do that. Because we... We cater to our people. Yep. So we are going to jump right into meat and potatoes of our cast today, which is talking about PTSD. Right, because Game of Thrones does come on again tonight, and we kind of want to watch it on time. Yeah. So, sorry, there's only three episodes left, fuck you, this is what's happening. So let's jump right into it. Yes. Now, Um, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder was first recognized as a legitimate mental disorder in only in 1980. So, yep. what, 30, almost 40 years it's been a legitimate disease. Yes. It's almost been a legitimate disease for 40 years. Now, this whole idea first came around with soldiers returning from the war, with the mental problems with readjusting into civilian life, and it just sort of spiraled down from there. And the first time this was really seen as... A potential problem was when there were soldiers coming back from Vietnam. Yeah. And they were coming back, and they called it, at that point, it was called shell shock. Yes. Now, I know we're all thinking about the Ninja Turtles arcade game. Whoa, shell shock. But no, that's what originally PTSD was called. It was called shell shock for soldiers returning from the Vietnam conflict. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately in this... Year, in the year since it first showed up on the scene during Vietnam, I'm kind of chagrined to say not really significant steps have been taken in the effective treatment for PTSD. I mean, there well, are therapies, there's no there significant steps that have been taken for the treatment of any real mental disorder. Honestly, if you think yeah, if I, you I, think I, about it, I, I agree. Like with that. that, like the the invisible disorders are an actual disorder. Yeah. The the people that suffer from them, you don't understand. Him the, and I suffer from different mental disorders ourselves. I also do have PTSD. And I have a little bit of a touch of it. You as have well. a touch of it, but I have it. Yeah. 
You know, so add that on top of my own mental disorder, which we will be covering. Yeah, we'll be covering both of our personal disorders. Yeah. Over. So, um, post-traumatic stress disorder is a condition that occurs in people who have suffered through traumatic experiences. Yes. It's normal for people who have this to feel extremely anxious, frightened, or uncomfortable when they're facing situations that may remind them of their traumatic experiences, i.e. Yes. triggers. Yes. So Now, speaking of that, to triggers and traumatic events, we, you know, we all did a little bit of research here, and actually 70% of Americans have all experienced some sort of a qualifying traumatic event mm. that leaves them vulnerable for PTSD symptoms. Right. And see, the only problem is, is, hell, most of us experienced that, what, almost 20 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. And of that 70% of Americans who have experienced this traumatic event, actually 20% end up developing PTSD full-blown, whole hog. Right. Now, some of these feelings that you get, you'll, you, everybody suffers from these yeah. feelings all the time. Like, people are going to feel anxious, they're going to feel upset, they're going to feel crazy about something. Yeah. That does not necessarily mean that you have PTSD. Yeah. Now, of those 20%, actually at any point in time, 8% of those people are actively dealing with a crisis. Right. At any point. There's 8% of the population of the United States that are dealing with some sort of post-traumatic trigger, flashback, whatever the hell you want to call it. Right. Now, so, here's say. one symptom of PTSD. One big symptom is flashbacks. Flashbacks are the most commonly associated symptom. They are going to be intrusive or anxiety-making memories yeah. of the actual situation that caused, that caused the trauma to arise in the first place. Flashbacks are often triggered by certain situations which in some way may be familiar to the event that triggered the trauma. Or they could just occur from an emotional trigger. There's yeah. no telling what's going to actually make yeah. these flashbacks happen. It could happen. be something as minor as a fire drill or your smoke alarm going off and it sends you back to, you know, when you were in Fallujah and a roadside bomb blew up your Humvee. Right. Like, and how then, many times know, do we hear about uh, veterans freaking out because of the fireworks? Or freaking out because a car backfires. Right. I mean, it could be something that simple that you think it's so innocuous because you don't have this disorder. And now we, we both have friends, we both have co-workers that did actively serve and protect our country's freedom. And they came back with these symptoms. So, you know, from me personally, the Phoenix Gate podcast, our hearts go out to those of you that are actively having these symptoms, these episodes on a daily basis and are just struggling to find your way. And we're hoping by talking about it and raising some awareness... Hopefully some of these government douchebags will get off their duffs and actually put money where it needs to go to help our veterans, help our mentally ill. Help our first I mean, responders? Yeah, I was going to uh, get there. First responders actually suffer the from most? PTSD, yeah. Not just from PTSD, but from all these disorders, and we're not allowed to talk about it because no. we have to be the ones that take care of everybody else well, furthermore, that suffers from these freaking diseases. And yeah. stop interrupting me! I'm not interrupting you. <laughs> but further onto that same thread... Those of us that do suffer from mental disorders or PTSD episodes, we don't talk about it because we're afraid if we're vocal about it, we're labeled as crazy or weak and people might, you know... Judge us. They judge us, they might exclude us from social activities, or people might think, you know, it might affect you getting promotions in your job because people are like, oh, you know, we don't want to promote somebody that has post-traumatic stress disorder to, you know, an administrative position because what if they freak out during a meeting? Right, like, or you know what, what? If, what if what if the supervisor's on an MCI and they have a flashback and they can't 
coordinate the MCI or something like that. They can't have that. Well, first of all, those of us that work in the field know that at an MCI, there's not only one. There's a unified command. Yeah, we know that, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not actually one person carrying everybody else. But whatever. That's neither yeah. here nor there. So, another that goes hand in hand with these flashbacks is uh, another symptom is extreme reactions to the memories of the event. Now, you got to understand, when we say extreme, we mean to a point that, you know, it's an, you even you on some level during the freak out are going to realize this is not a normal reaction. Yeah, you like there you know yourself something is wrong, but you're powerless to control. It. Right. These are going to include a quicker heart rate, uh, breathing that's uh, very shallow, nausea, tension, stress, vomiting, sweating profusely. These are all known as psychosomatic symptoms because they occur in the body as a result of the way the mind is behaving. So These symptoms like... can cause intense stress. Yeah. Both physically and mentally. If the individual is made to be reminded of the trauma that is causing PTSD. Um, I'm not going to lie. There are many times where, especially when it gets closer to September, certain things, all of a sudden, for no reason whatsoever, I'll have a panic attack. And I don't normally suffer from panic attacks to a point where I'm incapacitated. It's more, I'm just, I might get really quiet or I'll get really angry for no. no reason and then people avoid me. Now let me let me tell you. When she gets really quiet Run. Yeah, yeah. You know something's up because this one never shuts up after time. Speaking from experience. Yes. Speaking from experience. Like you ever shut up. I well I didn't I didn't say I was innocent to that. Exactly. But, but. either way, like it, it, it becomes one of those things where you think that you're losing your mind because you don't some a lot of the times you don't understand what you're experiencing. You don't have any... And that's the other thing about PTSD. It's sneaky. It yeah. is sneaky. It is. It, it you may think you're totally fine, but since we said, you know, it first came out with the military, the incidences, now that it is recognized as a mental disorder, the incidence amongst the military of PTSD symptoms and episodes has really spiked. More so amongst our female combatants, our female members of the armed forces, due to the fact that, and I, you know what, I'm just going to spell the T on and just say it, there is a lot of physical slash sexual abuse that happens in the military that goes unspoken of. It doesn't just happen in the military. But, I'm, but that, it's, I'm winding around to a point here, which has actually led the statistics to prove that Females are more likely to develop PTSD symptoms than men on a scale of 9 to 1. Dio, we are talking mental health awareness. Today's topic is PTSD. We are doing a series each, each week this month. We are going to be talking about a different mental health disorder. This week it is post-traumatic stress disorder. And uh, our friend Amanda says she knows these symptoms all too well. Don't we? Yeah. We don't we all. But... Um, to go hand in hand with what you're saying, um, another thing is people trying to hide all this stuff. They try to not talk about it. One of the other major symptoms of PTSD is avoidance. Yeah, self isolation. Is avoidance. It's the it's the most common coping mex. Me I can talk today. I blame the jack. I blame the jack. Um, it is the most common coping mechanism, which is adopted by people who suffer from this disorder. So. 
we avoid everything, whether they do it subconsciously, whether they do it consciously, they, they, they just, they don't, they avoid the places, the things, the activities that may remind them of what happened. And avoidance can reach another level when it's observed emotionally. To avoid emotional triggers, the individual may avoid certain mind states and feelings so they aren't uh, unconsciously put into a state similar to the one that they were in during the traumatic experience. Example, if someone is in a very intimate setting and feeling close to someone during the trauma that gave them the PTSD, they may close themselves off and avoid all intimacy. So I am very guilty of this. I am actually one of the biggest people that, like, I am so, I, I, ha I call it my light switch. Um, sometimes I'll be experiencing, and th this goes hand in hand, like, again, we will be covering what disorders we suffer from. I personally suffer from borderline personality disorder. And, um, add PTSD to that, and it is a Molotov cocktail of fun. Yeah. You never know which day I'm, what, what I'm going to be each day. But the problem is, is I have, because borderline is mostly emotional, you, ha I develop the ability to go either super emotional or not at all and this is perfectly apparent where my friends actually have gotten mad at me before I will be at a funeral or I will be at uh, something that requires you to show a certain type of emotion or a certain uh, uh, amount of emotion and I show none none in fact it actually has caused me issues in relationships friendships boyfriends girlfriends family because I literally will stand there and shut my emotions off. So it's one of the things where, like, perfect example, my grandmother goes to the hospital, everybody's like, oh, oh my God, and I'm just standing there like, are we done here? And they get mad at me because I'm unemotional. Why are you not caring? Why don't you care? I do care. That's the problem. I care so fucking much that I can't allow myself to care. You, I've seen no. you do it too. You've done I, it too. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of it. Guilty, I, I'm guilty. Not, I'm not trying to claim innocence. Nope. But that that is definitely one of the biggest factors. And I mean, even in EMS, we're, we do it. Yeah. We don't want to talk about a job. We don't talk about a job. No. And for people that know me, like a hot job, I'm always primed to talk about it. So if I don't want to talk about it, it's bad. You know it was bad. It's bad. Like there are still jobs that him and I will never speak of again. Yeah, no. Like even to each other. Like we're fucking twins best friends and there are things that even he still doesn't know and there's things that she doesn't know nope like he does not i've never spoken to him about what happened on 9-11 never you've gotten bits and pieces of it but yeah. he's never ever ever gotten my full experience and i don't know that i ever will and no, i'm you okay won't. with that but it's okay we're yeah. fine with it no we're, we're fine good. we're good it. yeah so um but yeah, um, now, since we're talking about PTSD, and there are several therapies, some are drug therapy, some are talk therapy. Now, my issue therein with PTSD treatment is the lack of timely care. Yeah. Where by the time people are getting treated for their PTSD, they've been exhibiting these symptoms possibly for years at a time. Yeah, and then by then and it might be God too late. God knows what damage they've done to their relationships in their life. Themselves. Or themselves, exactly. Because... A lot of people that suffer from PTSD will try to commit suicide. Or have tried to commit suicide. Or hell, even can commit homicide and then suicide. Yeah. Unfortunate. This is an unfortunate... they call suicide by cop. This is unfortunately a very big thing. Mm -hmm. And um, 
this is why we're trying to bring light to these subjects. Why yeah. it, We're trying to put light in the darkest of corners right. in your mind. Because another symptom of PTSD, and a lot of people don't realize it, are lost memories. People who suffer from PTSD aren't exactly able to remember all minute details of the experience that led to the trauma. Many people have actually forgotten the experience altogether, but the feelings remain. Yeah. And they blocking it out or you know it's subconscious it becomes like that they they don't understand that this is the actual root to their problem so to build on what josh was saying the people that your strongest friends are usually the ones that need the most help because we're the ones that know what it's like to feel the weakest and that's why we aren't yeah so that is a big problem And, and anybody who's blocked out these traumatic memories yo they're the most difficult to treat yeah. I mean, like I said, by the point p- people are seeking care and treatment for their PTSD, they've done a lot of damage to themselves and those around them even possibly. Mm. They may not even be aware that they have a problem because yeah. they blocked out the... Pe- from the, the, fu- the yeah, like the fugue states from losing time. Right. They Because they blocked it out, they may be unaware of why they behave this mm-hmm. way. And everybody's sitting there going, something's wrong with you, something's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And they can't even begin to tell them that something's wrong because they don't know. And piggybacking off, you know, some people will never fully explain or can't remember the events uh, that led to the development of their symptoms. I actually found a figure that going down the major military conflicts we've had over the past couple of years, actually the highest incidence of PTSD was actually in Vietnam at 30% of all combatants came home with some sort of PTSD symptom. Followed by Operation Iraqi slash Enduring Freedom at 20%. And actually, Operation Desert Storm had the lowest incidence at 10% of combatants coming back with PTSD symptoms. Now, 10% of combatants in our military is nothing to sneeze at. That's a lot of people coming back with all sorts of after effects and night terrors. I can't even begin to tell you how many friends of mine that I know that are in the military, were in the military. I myself was was in the military for a little while that sit there and go that they'll be fine and then out of nowhere they're not fine yeah. you know and, no, and I mean, it's, it's I, horrible i personally experienced one of these experiences and it came along in the most innocuous way during a really couple of years ago i treated myself on my birthday and i got really good tickets for a ranger game yes i remember this and and i took a friend with me Rangers scored a goal. The goal horn went off. Now, I had known she had been in the Marines. And, you know, she I remember had, you calling me about this. Yeah, actually. and she, uh, you know, I knew she had been in active combat and everything. So, the goal horn went off, and I'm, like, up and down cheering because the Rangers scored. And Woo! it's, you know, it's my birthday game. It wasn't on my birthday, but I bought the tickets to my, for myself for my birthday. And she's sitting there, like, not moving. And it took me, like... 30 seconds to figure out what was going on and I literally I just sat down and I looked at her and I was like what do you need me to do do you need me to leave you alone do you need me to go get you a soda because I wasn't going to buy alcohol for somebody having an active event no you know or do you just need me to hold your hand or whatever she goes just just leave me be for like 30 seconds I'll work my way through it which brings me to PTSD symptom number five detachment yeah. they most cases of PTSD arise as a result of a traumatic interaction with another person. People who ex- have suffered these sorts of experience are often hesitant to engage with others who are similar to the one who caused them the traumatic experience because on a subconscious level, 
they may be worried that they're going to behave in a similar manner. Mm -hmm. Now, people suffering from emotional PTSD like this often are often difficult to connect with emotionally or intimately. This could mean that they have difficulty engaging in close relationships, maintaining friendships, or being part of a family. Yeah. Now, you know, it's, obviously it's, we, we, we brushed right. on it before when we were talking about the military. A big cause of PTSD amongst the female population is sexual assault. Yeah. Which... Again... Those... I'm fully aware. Those that know me know committing such an act is the quickest way to get a very, very slow, agonizing death from your own Josh Phoenix. I have... i seen it! I've almost put charges <laughs> yeah. because somebody tried to sexually assault a friend of mine, the friend got away, and I was the first call, and four o'clock in the morning, throwing on a pair of jeans and... A hoodie, not even necessarily a shirt. No, it's a I don't, hoodie and I don't a pair think of jeans. You, I don't remember if you... Because I think you called me. I called you afterwards. You called me afterwards. I'm like, are you wearing a shirt? And you're like, no. 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 <laughs> there was no socks yeah. either. No, I mean, I'm just going to go out there and say it. Like, those those you quote-unquote men... Yeah, okay. ...that feel the need to force yourself on a woman to make yourself feel like a big man, you're fucking pathetic. And you better stay away from those nearest and dearest to me. Because I will go to jail for this shit. And so those who that know me, it, they know it's true. Oh, it's true. It's, it's damn, damn true. true. But that also brings me to PTSD symptom number six. And that's disinterest. Um, again. And that's it, like a disinterest with just life in general. Well, according to this, some people suffer serious disinterest in activities that w they were interested in hey, previously. Juggy. Hey, Jugs. Um... They may not do things that used to make them happy. So, um, example, uh, Josh knows when I'm having an episode um, or, or I'm just being affected a little bit more than usual because I won't do things that he knows makes me happy. I won't play video games. I won't watch TV. I won't, um, I won't cosplay. Yeah. Or I won't even want to do this podcast. I'll be like, yeah. no, I don't want to do it. Yeah, if we're, t if we're, if we're you know gearing up for a con and I want to talk about ideas for a con but she's just kind of like man nah. I'm literally like do you do you need something yeah like are, what's are you wrong good? are you good yeah and like, she was like not real I'm like do you need a, me to come over with some coffee and we'll just sit and goof around and most of the time it's yes sometimes it's no and then I know like I gotta keep a close eye on her yeah cause if I'm refusing any company especially from my evil twin yeah it's bad but people who suffer the serious disinterest um they're not gonna they simply just sit there doing absolutely nothing. Um, they may develop new hobbies that may be less enjoyable. And possibly dangerous on top of exactly. that. Exactly. Some people also lose interest in their future. Yeah. Um, they may let go of any aspirations that they may have held on to for most of their lives, or they may lose interest in developing a family, or having a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or anything. Um, many people with PTSD believe they will never be able to overcome their issues, so they see no purpose or reason to pursue a good lifestyle, it just becomes, I'm just here. Yeah. Per and then they, eventually... Just, they just feel like they're taking up space and taking up oxygen. And then eventually they try to change that. Yeah. In a very permanent way. Yep. I've lost a few friends to this. I As have. I. I mean, and then... Then there comes anxiety. Which we both know all too well. Oh, we had that today with New York City Comic Con tickets. Yes. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Well, let's just touch <laughs> on this for a second. The pre-sale for New York City Comic Con. We sat in this freaking queue, I, I watching the percentage of four-day passes slowly dwindle, slowly dwindle. I'm going to go on record as saying, 
I got the very last four-day pass for New York City Comic Con. In the pre-sale. In the pre-sale, because I was running the queue on my laptop as well as my phone. My phone clicked in first. I saw there was still an availability for a four-day pass. I jumped on it. As soon as I completed that purchase, my computer came out of the queue and and they were sold out. out. I, that was such a relief off my shoulders. I was, so yes, dude, and he actually got first. into the queue late. Yeah, you I were got in the, the queue, queue at like ten thirty. I I was in that shit nine fifty nine. I yep. was like, dunk, I'm in. Yep. You and heard it here first, folks. The Phoenix Gate Podcast will be at New York City Comic Con all, all four, four days. days, and that's four <laughs> different cosplays in four days. Oy. And some of them we both have been working our asses off on. I mean, shit. I've been hitting the gym every single freaking day. I mean, look at this shit. Look at this shit. Arr. Me too. Because yeah. this that'll be, you know, it's a little hint. One of mine at New York City Comic Con will actually only be the second time I would be cosplaying without a shirt on. And one of mine will be the only second time, no, third time that I will be showing off my stomach and my legs. I don't normally show those parts off when I cosplay. I'm usually wearing a corset. Except so, katana. Well, I was still wearing a corset with katana. But your legs were exposed. But my legs were exposed. But, yeah, I mean, and with Cammy too. That's what I'm saying. This will be the third time. So this character is somebody that everybody's been trying to get me to do forever, and I'm finally doing it. I'm finally pulling the trigger, and I'm doing a certain version of it. So it will be amazing. I hope you guys yeah. see it. We're not going to give away too much. Not yet. I mean, not a, yet. Couple, a couple people that know us well know what we're planning for New York City Comic Con, but... They've been sworn to secrecy on threat of death. Great. And this brings us back to the anxiety, because yes. we have anxiety about so many different things. I mean, honestly, look, we're sitting here talking about how the anxiety we had about getting our passes today. For, had, for a convention. For a convention that doesn't even happen until October. And then on top of that, um, we're also talking now ang- anxiety about cosplay. Yeah. You know? I mean, but this is stuff, like, people that have PTSD will develop, uh, they could develop generalized anxiety and have general feelings of discomfort or disquiet that follows them throughout the entire day. They may develop a social anxiety as a result of the fear being kind expressing their experience or displaying and symptoms. And being judged for it. Exactly. Which then rolls into those that don't know that an individual is suffering from a PTSD episode, they're going to be labeled as antisocial or not fun. Right. And like I said before, then they'll be excluded from social activities because, oh, well, he's not fun anymore. He doesn't want to do anything. Yep. Let, lo and behold, this person is suffering deeply on the inside and you're doing them a huge disservice by excluding them. And a lot of the times people don't even understand that that's exactly what is going on. They're having an episode. They're, they're, it's not you. Not everything is about you. Sometimes it's actually about the person who's experiencing these things because it's just that's just what happens with these disorders. Most people don't realize that this is what happens. And then also remember, another huge huge anxiety uh, that anxiety could also lead to one of the other symptoms insomnia yeah now yeah. let's not get it twisted you and I are naturally night owls we yeah. always we're, have we're, we're night stalkers it's just who we we're are we're vampires thank you very but much but even when we want to sleep we can't there's times we can't there's times we can't and a lot of that does have to do with the mental yes. disorders that we suffer from yes. now I'm actually going to extend a little piece of advice because it's something that I found has worked for me when I'm having episodes of insomnia and it's actually a guided meditation. I actually just shared it with somebody the other day. And a couple hours later, they're like, holy shit, that actually worked. Now, it's a guided meditation. You want to go to sleep? Get yourself as comfortable as you can. Have your favorite blanket, your favorite 
plushy, whatever works for you. I recommend weighted blankets. Weighted they blankets actually work. work. Really well. um, what you want to do is you want to close your eyes and just sort of focus your thoughts and your emotions and everything on the very tip of your nose. And as you breathe in and out, imagine that there's like a little ball of energy just growing with every breath and just focus on that. Because your mind will become so fixated on that, it'll forget about whatever's causing your insomnia symptoms. And you'll actually feel your mind start to wander shortly before you pass out. And then the next thing you know, it's a couple hours later, and you've gotten six hours of sleep, and you feel fucking great. Because you actually so, went into a REM cycle. Yeah. Which, even people with insomnia, when, one of the symptoms we have is um, we can't sleep at night, so because we're always excessively like alert. Like, is this yeah. going to happen? Hypervigilance. Right. So because of that, um, even in our sleep, we cannot fully relax and go into REM sleep, which is rapid eye movement sleep, which allows our actual entire body and brain to reset. So that's a gift from Josh Phoenix to all of you. Feel free to use it. Feel free to let me know if it works for you, because please let me know if it works, because I'm doing my part to help. Yep. I um, found it works for me. It's worked for a couple other people I've told to try it. I like the white noise machines, personally. White noise machines are another great idea. I, I like white noise machines, honestly, because uh, one of the things that I've noticed, and this is if you do suffer from uh, insomnia or anything, if, even if you just have an overactive brain, keeping your TV on at night because you think that the sound of the stuff in the background is going to make you sleep, it's not because you're actually going to want to try to focus on the television. Unless it's something you've watched a million times before. I'm still going to stay up and watch it. I, I personally don't. That's why I, sometimes I do put on, if I don't, I'm not using the meditation, if I'm just going to fall asleep normally because I'm not feeling an insomnia. Well, I, I'm also, I am saying, like, this I is also... something running in the background. Right, I like to do that, too. Yeah. I do, too. I do it, too. I'm guilty of this. I'll usually put on, like, The Big Bang Theory or... Something that I've wa a movie that I've watched a million fucking times that I can literally quote the entire goddamn movie verbatim. I'll put that on and then I might fall asleep. I might not. But white noise machines, believe it or not, even if it's just like ocean sounds or, or something like that, something Forest. something yeah. you know so simple. Right out, mm -hmm. done. But that, and that sort of piggybacks on something that happened to probably a lot of us as children. Where if you couldn't sleep, what did your parents do? They put you in your car seat, put you in the car, and went for a drive. Because the vibration and the motion sort of lulled you into that. Well, I don't know if my parents, I don't think my parents did that. But uh, Well, you know what, next time I see Mama Jade, I'm going to ask her if she ever stuck you in the car to make you go to sleep. No, I think it's because my father worked nights. Uh. And um, my mom had to get up pretty early to go to her job. And Jimmy also had to get up pretty early to go to his job, you know. Back then when they were working for what they were, you know, the post office. So, um, I don't think so. Because I know for a fact, and my mother can attest to this. Mama Jade can tell you this. I've been an insomniac since I was born. I never slept at night. Never. Even before all this shit happened to me and, you know, I developed these disorders and all this other things. I was never, I always had insomnia. Yeah. I, I, I'm just a night child. It's just. My lot in life. We but it's the fine. children of the night. Ah, ah, ah. It just happens. But um, another symptom is emotional instability. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I'm horrible. I'm so guilty of this. I am, and you know what, honestly, it has taken me years. And I do mean years. And even now, I'm still not even close to having it under control. Mm -hmm. And I can't even say that sometimes she's like a time bomb. She's no. more like a landmine. 
Because you never know when you're going to step on it. And boom! My mom calls me Katie Kaboom. Katie Kaboom, Katie Kaboom. She lives in a house with the flowers in bloom. You never know that anytime soon she'll be... Katie Kaboom. Bang. It literally, it just creeps up out of nowhere for no reason. One of the big things that I've been learning because a certain uh, someone has been teaching me is I cannot get hungry. Because if I get hungry, I she go... She gets hangry. Oh, it's bad. And, and even after the surgery, like, it's gotten worse after the surgery. Because you can't eat as much. Because I can't, not even just that I can't eat as much, I don't know when I'm hungry anymore. My mm. body does not produce the hormone to say, hey, guess what? Eat something. No, just all of a sudden, she's just like, <laughs> Yeah, out of nowhere, I just literally, I'm, Argh! and then I'm also not a morning person. No, neither no. am I. Uh, but that's that's because, you know, I'm a night child. But either but way... Can, but, but you know what? You're not being a morning person. That's easily cured with coffee. No, sometimes even coffee doesn't work. Really? Yeah, it's bad. So, I mean, we may be more... Like, again, emotional instability. We lash out. We may be more irritable. Um, we may be more prone to outbursts. We may be aggressive. We may be violent. self-destructive or reckless for no fucking reason. Physically violent. Physically violent. Like, I, me, okay, anybody that knows me knows I bark when I'm angry, but the difference is I will back up my bark. You know? There's bite to back up her bark. There's a lot of bite. Trust me, I've seen it. Oh my god. Um, but most of the time, I'm not that prone to violence unless you physically push me there. Like, I have to be physically forced into a corner, so finally I'm just like, die to get away. But most of the time, my bark is sufficient. But there is times where I do things deliberately because I'm in that kind of mood set. Like, okay, example, my birthday. Did I have to punch that guy in the face? No. No. But did you? Yes. Did did it feel good? No. Yes, it did. You're full of shit. It felt good to punch that dude in the face. Yeah, it really did. It really did. But see, that I should not like that because I'm also a witch and we don't believe in physical violence. We do believe in karma. We do. And that but was see, karma kicking him, actually punching him right in the face. Yeah, but then in the same vein, karma can come to me because I attack someone. Whatever you get out, you times three, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But like, Maybe you'll get a pass because that was his times three. Yeah. I mean, and the hit from me is, whew, run. Um, but, yeah. Like, just to give you a visual, let, let's flash back to 8-Bit Nintendo and Mike Tyson's puncher. The roop Hey, twin. Says who what? Says who what? I don't know what. What, what, chicken butt? What, what, in the butt. I said what, what, in, in the, the butt. butt. So, um, another... I believe in physical violence. Yeah, we know. No shit. How many times have I had to freaking back your ass up? She. She. Done. Oh my god. Anyways. Oh my god. Oh my god. Anyway, so another symptom. Hi. Hi. Another big symptom is emotional dampening. Now, if you don't understand what this is, if this is in addition to the emotional instability. A person may develop, de- develop, 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 develop. Yes, a person, this is Professor George Phoenix. You are develop symptoms. You are developing these symptoms of emotional dumping. Because anyway, you cannot find moose and squirrel. Moose and squirrel need to give me the emotional breakthrough that I need. Anyways, 
um, you have these consistent feelings of a negative emotion. Uh, these are going to include guilt, shame, self-blame. They may find themselves responsible for what happened to them. Um, they also feel like they're alone. Uh, they may feel that they, and, and they most of the time will not reach out. Mm -hmm. And to give you guys an idea of maybe what it looks like from an outsider's perspective, mm -hmm. maybe if somebody seems to be behaving maybe in an appropriate <coughs> manner, but not necessarily to the, to the degree where you feel would be normal. So, like, if somebody seems upset at a funeral of somebody that was really close to them, but they're not really crying, they're just sort of upset. That could be a flashback to an event where somebody close to them died e in front of them. Yeah, but you also need to be careful with that because a lot of the times when people are at funerals, they're numb. It hasn't hit them yet. It hits them but that's later. A, but that's emotional dampening. It's, it's emotional numb. dampening, but it's you're and it splitting is, hairs there. It, but no, well, it's it's not. PTSD as we know it, mm. but it is a traumatic stress reaction. Truth. So it's maybe PTSD light, or well, it's temporary. Those are actually the top ten symptoms of PTSD. A lot of them do go hand in hand with a lot of these other disorders that we will be discussing later on during and the then, week. And there's other... I mean, during the month. There's other occurrences that happen to people with PTSD in an effort to seem normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know... Extreme promiscuity, sudden heavy alcohol or drug use to just sort of numb themselves. They feel they're numbing themselves so they can seem normal. And, you know, we all know that. Shopping sprees. Yeah, there's a very high incidence of these compulsive behaviors amongst returning veterans, especially because they're trying to look normal in, in the civilian world. Shopping sprees is another yeah. one that you got to watch out for that most oh, people then, don't realize. Is like, then, then apparently I had a. Yeah, I know. Uh, apparently, I had an episode I, yesterday yeah. at Beltane. Well, Beltane's different. It was a celebration. Yes. It's a celebration, Mitchell. Yes. And, you know, unfortunately, Jade Phoenix couldn't... I was at the Beltane Festival in Huntington yesterday. Unfortunately, Jade Phoenix was unable to join me. Because I was watching Endgame. I know. Again. But, you know, she still got her swag that was brought back for her from I'm Beltane. wearing it now! Well, yes. one of them. Yeah. I love my swag. Right. My twin takes such good care of me. I brought her... I, what? In case you can't see it... It's a little cat pendant where the belly is abalone. Yes. Like, real legit abalone. Because, the, now, shout out to a lot of the craftsmen that I did meet at Beltane. I unfortunately forgot your business cards. I am going to tag all the swag on Instagram a little later. And yeah. I am going to put a shout out to all these vendors. Uh, they had leather workers. They had jewelry makers. They had people selling... Candles, spirits, herbs, crystals. Um, bath salts. And I mean the type you actually put in the bath, not the type you smoke. Poor no. Pete. And actually, it's funny, one of the interactions was I was asking about the bath salts, and I asked, you know, there was one, it was a healing, and I said, well, what's in this healing bath salt that she didn't know? And I, I go, can, do you mind if I open the can, the, the, the jar and take a sniff? She goes, oh, by all means. And I open and go, I was like, well, there's definitely eucalyptus in there, and she looked shocked. I was like, oh, I should mention, I'm, I'm a bit of an herbalist. Just a bit. <laughs> she goes, that would make sense. But yeah. yeah. They, they were all really great craftsmen. They all made a lot of really cool stuff. I could have spent a lot more money. I had to rein myself in after I found myself carrying around five bags. Especially because we also had to buy our Comic-Con yeah, tickets the com today. Well, no, I had the money set aside for that already. I did too, but either way, I'm actually very... While I'm upset that I missed the fair, I'm glad I didn't go because then I'd be not eating for the next month. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I, uh, from being there, 
she speaks the truth. She would have spent a shitload of money there because they had a lot of cool shit that I didn't even get into because uh, they had clothing and it wasn't my kind of clothing. Uh, they had, there was a couple leather vendors over there. One had some like leather corsets and stuff. And there was, uh, another, and there was another guy that really made these really beautiful um, leather bound journals. And, they, and I, I spoke to the guy God, and, he's, and he makes them himself in his free time. I'd be broke, I'd be broke. It's, it, 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 that's mm-hmm. simple. And also, furthermore, at this Beltane Fair, and I know you've seen them around before, I uh, cannot remember their name, but they are a body-positive belly dancing group. Oh, Winds of the Moon. Yes. They my, gave a performance at Beltane, yeah. and they were really, really great. When, yeah, my uh, one of my Sailor Moon group cosplayers yeah. is part of this group, and she's amazing. We love Nikki. And... Oh, um, yeah. You know, it's amazing because small world, she's never met Artemis. So therefore, and she met me yesterday, and not realized the two, yeah, the interconnected factor where it's like, what is it, six degrees of, of Kevin Bacon? Well, it's six degrees of Jade Phoenix. So pretty much, you know. But um, either way, um, we really are. We hope that we shed some light on this subject. And those of you that are suffering from this disorder, I hope, you know, us talking about it, sharing our personal stories, you don't feel so alone. Yeah. And you feel maybe, maybe you know, a hair more supported than you did yesterday. You're not alone. No, you're not alone. Those nearest and dearest to us, our travelers, our listeners, if you find yourself in a situation and you really feel like you have nobody to talk to, reach talk out to, to us. us. I mean, one of us, if not both of us, will respond to you in a timely manner because we have our busy lives, but we're not too busy to help our fellow man if needed. That's what we do for a living. Truth. So, honestly, if you are ever feeling some type of way and you can't, you feel like you cannot reach out to your friends or family, we're here for you. This is a judgment-free zone. Always. We're like Planet Fitness, but without the garish amount of purple, never mind your hair. I like purple. I do. You like purple, but and Planet you know. Fitness is my gym. Why am I not surprised? Because it's cheap. That's true. <laughs> it's cheap, and I like it because it's judgment free, and nobody yells at me about you know when I go there and I have my belly out. Well, I don't have my belly out, but you know what I mean. I'm working on it. Um, but Sun's out, guts out. Pretty much, but guys, seriously, on we're coming to you live on Facebook. We're coming to you live on Twitch. Reach out to us in any manner that you see fit. We're on Twitch. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. We're on on LiveJournal. We're Spotify. Spotify. YouTube. We have a LiveJournal? We, I think we do. <laughs> I don't know. Probably. Um, but we're on Zanga. Spotify. Zanga. Dead Journal. Spotify. iTunes. Good we're story. on uh, Google Podcasts. Podbean, obviously. Guys, reach out to us on some form of social media. Help. I'll even give you our email. It's thephoenixgate at gmail.com. Reach out to us if you need to talk, and we can either provide you with a, a judgment-free zone to just listen. We can provide you with hotlines to get the help that you need. We can point you in the right direction to places that you need to go if you need the help that you, you know, you feel like you need the help and you're too afraid to ask other people about. We are both medical providers paramedics we do this for a living we, we understand better than and, most because we that, both suffer yeah. from these disorders as and well. on that vein um maybe not everyone's gonna agree with this statement probably not in the state of new york 
I really feel one of the most underserved populations is our returning veterans. The VAs in New York just aren't stepping up to the plate when it comes to treating our veterans. Yeah, why is it both take medically and psychologically? I mean, it takes forever to get an appointment, and we've both taken people in and out of VA hospitals. And in New York State, the people that work at VA hospitals, in my opinion, are the doctors and nurses that nobody else will hire because they just don't give a shit. Or actually, I think I I'm the devil's advocate with this one. I think it's because their hands are so tied, and they see so many of them. That they get burnt out so fast that they just can't give a shit anymore. But then how how you, many times have you gotten How do you explain that? Explain the VAs in other states where they're on their game. Okay, because New York is different. They, okay, you're going to sit there and tell me that you give a shit about every single drunk or drug addict you pick up? To some degree, I care. And then that. No, to some degree, I'll admit, I, I wonder what led them to that point at the very least. Yes, curiosity is... Whatever, but I'm saying you're gonna sit there and tell me that every single one of them, you, you up up and up until the point that they act dis- very disrespectfully towards me or my partner, I do care. We do care, but it's becomes routine, and then. Well, I mean, enough to the point that I don't like to say that they're even intoxicated. I like to say that they're overly socially lubricated, or, or <laughs> they're lubricated. suffering from bovine fecalitis. <laughs> Either or cranio, way. Or cranio-rectal inversion. Either way. We apologize for not casting on Wednesday. We will be live this Wednesday coming, what is that, the 9th? No. Um, wait, eighth. I have a calendar the right eighth. in front of me. And eight, the 8th. Um, we will be covering another mental health disorder. Like I said, May is mental health awareness. And we are covering five different types of the most common... We don't, you know what, I don't want to use that word. Of the most diagnosed diseases that of people that we know. So, um, next week, actually this Wednesday, right we will be covering, um, I think, what did we say? Depression. We are going to be covering depression. Which, unfortunately, I think is a blanket statement for 99% of most people's problems. But we're going to get in-depth yeah. about depression. We know, we're going to be we're, talking yeah, about it. We're going to be speaking about depression at its base. Because that, you know... Just spilling the tea a bit. That's going to lead into the next week's podcast, which is on bipolar disorder. And I'm saying that because I, myself, am a bipolar depressive. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Uh, my borderline is not the same. No. No. We're, well, we're saving that for the end of the month. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because you kind of need a, yeah. That, we're, we're you got to build to a borderline. Yeah. So, for those of you that are, you know, looking for specific ones... Today was PTSD, next week is depression, then bipolar disorder, then OCD, and then rounding up with borderline personality disorder. Right. So, guys, tune in. We are going to be doing the Enemy Within series for the, the month whole month. This is part one. So and if you want to know about mental disorders, it's going to be May. Pretty much. There, I finally found a place to use it properly. Yay! <laughs> Either way, we love you. You love us. Catch, what's the next con that I'll be... Oh, I'll be at East Coast Comic Con I'm on in the two weeks. I'm on the fence about attending. Well, I, I will still be there. Yeah, you um, Actually, guys, this is a quick recap of where, where I'm going to be. Tomorrow, I will be at the Black Label Society concert at the Bowery. Oh, no, is that Bowery? No, I think it might be at Terminal 5. No, it's not. Trust me, I would know about that. Terminal 5? Yeah. So then it's at who, the Bowery. Yeah, I was about to say, who does, who does the MS standbys for Terminal 5? Oh, yeah, that's you. 
Um, but yeah, so I'm going to be at Black Label Society tomorrow, and then I will be at Kill Switch Engage on Thursday, and that leads into, uh, obviously, that's going to lead into uh, Mother's Day weekend, mm-hmm. and then right after that, we have East Coast Comic Con. So, guys, tune in Wednesday the 8th. We're going to be talking, uh, what, did, what did we say? Depression. Depression. And, um, yeah, I'll talk about Black Label. And, and sorry, Eli, if you're still watching, we're talking Game of Thrones whether you like it or not. Because then we'll have two episodes to talk about. Three. When we come in, no. No, you're no, right, we'll two. two. You're right, two. One or two. I mean, the two most epic. Yes. But also... There's only three episodes left! Also, keep tabs on our YouTube right now, because I've decided I'm going to do something a little out of the ordinary. Most people live stream them playing video games. It's generally games that they've played through several several times and they're good at. I'm going to do something a little different. I recently bought Days Gone. I'm going to do a live stream of me playing it for the first time. So you can feel the way I feel. The frustration. I'm, the frustration. And I'm going to not play the game when I'm not live streaming it. So you are going to get my first run through of Days Gone as it happens when I save the game and I'm coming off live stream, that's when I'm saving the game and I'm not playing it again till I go back up on the air. There you go, guys. So, so enjoy that. Enjoy watching me slowly lose my mind trying to escape a zombie apocalypse. Pretty much. All right. Ladies and germs, we will see you on Wednesday. Tune in for The Enemy Within Part 2, Depression. Um, feel free to reach out. We will be posting up hotlines to be contacted if, God forbid, you ever are in crisis. So... We love you. Later. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, I love you. Bye-bye. Okay, I love you.